Hare Krishna and uh, welcome to Shravanam Diaries. This is the Perfection of Yoga book by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. And we're starting, continuing on page number 22 with the verse Asamyatatmana yogo dush prapa itime matih vashyatmana tu yatata shakyo vaptum upayata. Quote For one whose mind is unbridled, Krishna further says, self realization is difficult work. Bhagavad Gita 6.36 Anyone knows that an unbridled horse is dangerous to ride. He can go in any direction at any speed and his rider is likely to come to some harm. Insofar as the mind is unbridled, Krishna agrees with Arjuna that this yoga system is very difficult work indeed. But Krishna adds, he whose mind is controlled and strives by right means is assured of success. That is my judgment." Unquote. Bhagavad Gita 6.36 What is meant by strives by right means? One has to try to follow the four basic regulative principles as mentioned and execute his activities absorbed in Krishna consciousness. If one wants to engage in yoga at home, then he has to make certain that his other engagements are moderate. He cannot spend long hours of the day working hard simply to learn a livelihood. One should work very moderately, eat very moderately, gratify the senses very moderately, and keep his life as free from anxiety as possible. In this way, practice of yoga may be successful. What is the sign by which we can tell that one has attained perfection in yoga? Krishna indicates that one is situated in yoga when his consciousness is completely under his control. Quote, when the yogi, the, by practice of yoga, disciplines his mental activities and becomes situated in transcendence, devoid of all material desires, he is said to have attained yoga. Jai. Bhagavad Gita 6.18 One who has attained yoga and not dependent on the dictations of his mind, rather the mind comes under his control, nor is the mind put out of or extinguished, for it is the business of the yogi to think of Krishna or Vishnu always. Right, so controlling the mind, right? Is not de- uh, yogi is not dependent on his mind, so the mind is under his control. At the same time, it's not like the mind is extinguished or it's like you no, know, it's not working. He's not like a vegetable. The mind is actively engaged because he is thinking of Krishna, always. The yogi cannot allow his mind to go out. This may sound very difficult, but it is possible in Krishna consciousness. When one is always engaged in Krishna consciousness, in the service of Krishna, then how is it possible for the mind to wander away from Krishna? In the service of Krishna, the mind is automatically controlled. 
nor should the yogi have any desire for material sense gratification. If one is in Krishna consciousness, he has no desire other than Krishna. It is not possible to become desireless. The desire for sense gratification may be overcome by the process of purification, but desire for Krishna should be cultivated. It is simply that we have to transfer the desire. There is no question of killing the desire, for desire is the constant companion of the living entity. Krishna consciousness is the process by which one purifies his desires. Instead of desiring so many things for sense gratification, one simply desires things for the service of Krishna. For example, we may desire palatable food, but instead of preparing uh, foodstuffs for ourselves, we can prepare them for Krishna and offer them to him. It is not that the action is different, but there is a transfer of consciousness from thinking of acting for my senses to thinking of acting for Krishna. We may prepare nice milk products, vegetables, grains, fruits and other vegetarian dishes for Krishna and then offer them to him, praying. This material body is a lump of ignorance and the senses are a network of paths leading to death. Of all the senses, the tongue is the most voracious and difficult to control. It is very difficult to conquer the tongue in this world. Therefore, Sri Krishna has given us this nice prasad, spiritual food, to conquer the tongue. So let us take this prasad to our full satisfaction and glorify their lordships, Sri Sri Radha and Krishna, and in love call for the help of Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda Prabhu. In this way, our karma is sacrificed, for from the very beginning we are thinking that the food is being offered to Krishna. We should have no personal desires for the food. Krishna is so merciful, however, that he gives us the food to eat. In this way, our desire is fulfilled. When one has molded his life in such a way, dovetailing his desires to Krishna's, then it is so to be understood that he has attained perfection in yoga. Simply breathing deeply and doing some exercises is not yoga as far as Bhagavad Gita is concerned. A whole purification of consciousness is required. In the execution of yoga, it is very important that the mind is not agitated. As a lamp in a windless place does not waver, so the transcendentalist whose mind is controlled, remains always steady in his meditation on the transcendent self." Bhagavad Gita 6.19 When a candle is in a windless place, its flame remains straight and does not waver. The mind, like a flame, is susceptible to so many material desires that with the slightest agitation it will move. A little movement of the mind can change the whole consciousness. Therefore, in India, one seriously practicing yoga traditionally remained brahmachari or celibate. There are two kinds of brahmachari. One is completely celibate and the other is grihastha brahmachari. That is to say, he has a wife, 
he does not associate with any other woman and his religion like relations with his own wife is strictly regulated in this way either by complete celibacy or restricted sex life one's mind is kept from being agitated yet when one takes a vow to maintain a complete celibate his mind may still be agitated by sexual desire therefore in india those practicing the traditional yoga under strict vows of celibacy are not allowed to sit alone even with a mother sister or daughter the mind is so fickle fickle excuse me the mind is so fickle that the slightest suggestion can create havoc havoc the yogi should have his mind trained in such a way that as soon as his mind wanders from meditation on vishnu he drags it back again this requires a great deal of practice one must come to know that his real happiness is in experience, experiencing the pleasure of his transcendental senses not the material senses jai this just like makes me think about how like i i know chanting of hari krishna mahamantra since like i was a very small child i was born into family of devotees who are practicing krishna consciousness and bhakti yoga but i like started chanting regularly every day about 10 years ago 10-11 years ago and uh, this is a nice reminder for me that it requires a great deal of practice and even after so many years of chanting Hare Krishna 16 rounds of 108 mantras every day I I still feel that yeah I have a long way to go with the practice although it did change my life drastically <laughs> yeah yes so experiencing the pleasure of transcendental senses not material senses this is happiness senses are not to be sacrificed and desires are not to be sacrificed but they are both desires and sense satisfaction in the spiritual sphere real happiness is transcendental to material sensual experience if one is not convinced of this he will surely be agitated and will fall down Okay, so we must be firmly convinced that real transcendental happiness, the real happiness is transcendental to material sensual experience and transcendental senses. There's so much beyond and so much higher because they're on the spiritual sphere. Okay, I don't know why am I talking too much this days. Okay. Uh, maybe because I like when it comes to control of body and mind, especially the mind, it's like uh, it's um, how do you say? Uh, how do you call this when it's like something really relevant? Yeah, it's very relevant to me these days. So that's why I'm just repeating it, sort of really, really kind of you know like <laughs> remember basically. Okay. Interesting. The Prabhupada says that one will fall down if one is not convinced of this. So you just think that oh maybe going back to the mindless sensual experience of the material world is something better but basically you have to be convinced to be firm on the spiritual practice one should therefore know that the happiness 
he is trying to derive from material senses is not really happiness. Seriously. Those who are actually yogis truly enjoy. But how do they enjoy? Ramante yogino nante. Their enjoyment is unlimited. With unlimited enjoyment is real happiness. And such happiness is spiritual, not material. This is the real meaning of Rama, as in the chant Hari Rama. Rama means enjoyment through spiritual life. Spiritual life is all pleasure, and Krishna is all pleasure. We do not have to sacrifice pleasure, but we do have to enjoy it properly. A diseased man cannot enjoy life. His enjoyment of life is a false enjoyment. But when he is cured and he is healthy, then he is able to enjoy. Similarly, as long as we are in the material conception of life, we are not actually enjoying ourselves, but are simply becoming more and more entangled in material nature. If a sick man is not supposed to eat, his eating unrestrictedly actually kills him. Similarly, the more we increase material enjoyment, the more we become entangled in this world and the more difficult it becomes to get free from the material entrapment. So we're trapped. Uh -huh. All of the systems of yoga are meant to disentangle the conditioned soul from this entrapment to transfer him from the false enjoyment of material things to the actual enjoyment of Krishna Consciousness. Jai. Wow. Actually, we have, uh, we have some pages to go, so let us just continue, like, not continue, let us just continue. Let us just conclude here for today on this beautiful note of what is actual enjoyment on the spiritual plane rather than thinking that we're enjoying materially and you know being completely frustrated with the material world jai yes because next few pages concluding pages of the chapter they really go into the intricacies of what bhagavad gita defines as you know like uh, this spiritual enjoyment, spiritual happiness, and material kind of phantasmagoria, material fake happiness. Yes, so let us keep that for the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, the link to this book is in the description. Yes, and we will see you next time. Hare Krishna.